0: Pro ball spa you want good words Data and language talk real sports with a real man
1: come after me i'm a man i'm 40 and now here's
0: the be all end all know it all of high school college and pro sports aaron skinny Cow with the skinny on sports we're talking about practice man i'm the mvp And a good Monday morning out there, western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. On the road today over at Sayre Golf Course, Sayre National, as the locals here call it. I I thought it was apropos to wear my Augusta National shirt in here to Sayre National this morning. We'll be telling you all about what's going on over here at the golf course at Sayre, the clubhouse at Sayre. Uh, Just a really nice facility that they've been able to uh, be in for a little over, what, year and a half now or so. Uh, and it's just, it, it's gone uh, gamebusters over here. So we'll tell you what all is available over here at the Sayre Golf Course, inside the clubhouse, what you can do uh, to use it for a lot of different activities as we move along throughout the show. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Of course, it's a Monday. Jim Traber will be joining us at 9.30. I'm sure he's got all kinds of thoughts on what we saw this weekend on the football field, the World Series, and all of a sudden the baby thunder are uh, doing things that don't happen very often. An incredible stat about their win down in Dallas in overtime on Saturday. Uh, We'll have college football, we'll have high school football, lots of scenarios coming into week 10 of the high school football season, the final regular season week Uh, as far as the playoff. Not only who makes the playoffs, who wins districts, but also the positioning. Uh, We kind of have a lot. uh, I tried to explain it on Wednesday, Jared. And uh, it was as clear as mud uh, with two (laughs) weeks to go. It's a little bit better this week uh, with with just one game for most teams around the state of Oklahoma. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind from the weekend, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside of our listening area, there are a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Uh, one of those is to log on to KADSAM.com. The other is download the Paragon app. The app's got it all. Three radio stations, the Penny News. Uh, you can check out the all the deals in this week's Penny News. Brand-new edition of that Penny News will hit the website tomorrow night, overnight, at thepennynews.com. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV both incorporated in the app. And, uh, of course, we've been talking about a lot of the high school football Throughout the season, but starting tomorrow, we'll have high school basketball action on Paragon TV as the small schools get things cranked up for the basketball season. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can go back and check it out on uh, KADSAM.com
2: or iTunes. Jared Atha is back. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? How was your trip? It was great. got to see a lot of family and went to a beautiful wedding and um, it was nice. Real nice, girls were, probably saw some pictures, beautiful in their little dresses, their flower girls in my wife's cousin's wedding, and um, nice little outdoor wedding and cool venue for the reception, a lot of fun. Did, we did a lot in a short amount of time uh, while we are over there, which usually how it works, when you take big trips like that, you try to cram it all in. So I'm exhausted, and um, I got home, my bag did not. <laughs> 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 I promise you, though I went and bought some deodorant <laughs> because my, my all my uh, toiletry stuff was in my bag. But uh, the good people at Southwest are making sure my bag will get here by tomorrow. But uh, no, it was a great trip. Great trip.
0: You know, sometimes people might would if you if you mentioned you got to see a bunch of family and we had to go to a wedding, some might say that wasn't a great trip.
2: Oh no, this is family we don't get to see very much. Uh, family on my wife's side. She, of course, she's from. California and a lot are still there obviously and um, so we'd like to take the opportunity you know and our grandparents are getting up there and and we need to take that opportunity to see them every chance we get because you never know and so um, it, so we did and like I said I mean they're a wonderful wonderful host and um, it's it's always nice to see see family especially family you don't get to see very often thank goodness for stuff like FaceTime and, you know nowadays where it's just easy to pick up your phone and FaceTime somebody, but it's the first time that I met in person two new additions to the family. Oh, yeah, so um, That was another big reason we wanted to go one um, one is not even I'd say he's two or three months old little Brucey and then um, the other one he is over a year old and we have yet to, to meet meet him until this weekend in Parker and um, got to spend some time with the new ones in the family. So you know, a lot of it wasn't more it was more than just a wedding. It was let's go visit family haven't seen or met and um and then, you know, uh, and see everybody. So and do all the fun things and, and my kid was Katie was she was not crying, but she was like, I don't wanna I don't wanna leave California. <laughs> and so I tested her, I go, Oh, so you, you wanna move here? She goes, Well no, I don't wanna move here <laughs> So I was like, Well, this is why they call it a vacation you don't want everyone ever want to end your vacation but it was a lot of fun really nice trip well
0: fantastic um <clears throat> we missed you friday night um the elks continued to roll 27 nothing at halftime Ended up winning 33 21 over the woodward boomers austin jones four touchdown passes on the night and that's now six over the last two weeks after one in the first seven weeks of the season um there's just another thing for other teams to look at, see on film, and have to work on heading into uh, what will be a playoff run starting a week from Friday at home. The opponent's still to be determined by what happens in Week 10. But uh, defensively, I I've actually thought Woodward did some nice things uh, on the ground that we hadn't seen a lot of teams be able to do to move the ball against the Elks. But uh, when it got down into the red zone, uh, another another fourth down stop on the one-yard line on one possession and interception in the end zone on another Um, It was one of those things where uh, Elk City's offense could do whatever it wanted to uh, to the Woodward defense in that first half. Defensively, though, I thought there were some things that I'm sure Coach Maynard and and the staff are going to look at and and show the guys that that maybe didn't go as planned. But you win 33-21. The one concern coming out of that game, though, Jared, is going to be health. Uh, There was multiple guys that were kind of on and off the field, and so we'll have to see coming up on, on Friday against John Marshall whether it could be a, an issue, see what happens there. But uh, the one glaring concern uh, coming out of that Woodward game is health of a few guys uh, that are key pieces uh, moving forward.
2: Yeah, first off, great win. Good job, Austin Jones. You know, I've been a big fan of him uh, and how he has progressed. It's, it, it's what you want to see um, if you're a coach, obviously, you want to see a guy get better as the season goes on and... and who better to get better than the quarterback because that makes everybody around you look good. Um, again, I'm a big fan of him, and, and from what I saw, I had it on um, you know, in the background, and, and from what I saw, I mean, I at one point I looked, I think it was the same play that uh, they scored against Weatherford.
0: Similar, holder.
2: Yeah. It was yeah. very similar. I looked up, and I saw it. I mean, it was a double coverage on him, just over the top, double or triple. I saw th- three black jerseys around him. And i um, like, well, there he is again, Austin Jones, uh, connecting. Uh, the health thing, I mean, they just, yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a concern. It's football. It's a rough and tough sport that you're going to see, the nicks and bruises, and, and, and we'll see if, uh, if that is an issue. And you almost, you mentioned weather pending on Friday. You almost kind of wish, you don't want to miss out on senior night, but, I mean, we kind of talking off air, does the game even matter? You know, get into the game a quarter in, a little lightning. Ah, let's just call it. <laughs> and uh, let's go home and stay healthy or try to get healthier before, before a run at the playoffs here. But overall, great win on the road and the, the big concern, and I'm li- I am like the hot start that they had. Main reason why it lost my attention, because the score was so big early, And but the main concern was the focus. District title was already in hand and, uh, you know, all that stuff, and um, they maintained focus, came out and took care of business like they should have against an inferior opponent in Woodward.
0: Yeah, you see the th- 21 in the second half, listen, that was...
2: Hey, we. if you watched the game, you understood yeah, what that was about. That was
0: varsity against junior varsity. and exactly. Quite frankly, the Elks, JV, and second stringers, and third stringers, even four stringers at some spots, held up pretty well uh, for a majority of that half. So uh, no concern uh, with what happened. You're right, though. In the in the part of the game that, that mattered, they came out focused, they came out playing hard, and put that game away early. It's exactly how you'd want to see it. Elsewhere around 4A1, Weatherford did knock off John Marshall, 35-12. to 12. Eagles are in the playoffs no matter what. They're done for the, for the regular season as uh, they would have had Western Heights scheduled here at the end. Um, that game obviously not going to get played. So Weatherford's done at 4-2. and two. You looked uh, down the standings, Clinton 3-2. and two. They've got Woodward coming to town. They are seven district points behind Weatherford, but they would need a three-way tie for that to matter. Which three-way tie would mean that chickashea would be cash the biggest game in the district by far coming up on friday night is chickashea and cash i believe chicken goes to cash yeah that's right the winner of that game is in the playoffs if it's cash then weatherford will finish second clinton will finish third and cash will finish fourth in the district behind the elks if it's chickashea then the points are going to matter because all those three teams have beaten each other uh, Weatherford is seven points ahead of, of Clinton, 21 ahead of Chickasaw. so the Eagles could fall no worse than third uh, with the 15 points available to Chickasaw. Weatherford locked in there at 35. Um, so I, I think basically, depending on the result, if Cash wins, Weatherford's second, Clinton's third. If Chickasaw wins, it's probably flipped. Clinton's second, Weatherford's third and then down to, down to Chickasha at fourth. So we'll just have to see how those results come. But uh, you have a, a way clearer picture of the 4A1 playoff race here with one game left that truly, truly, well, I mean, Clinton can't stub their toe against Woodward, obviously, but Chickasha cash, it comes down to the fourth spot there, and then that affects two and three depending on that result.
2: Happens every year, right? You get a little jumbled mess right there, and you have and you love the games. I kind of said this, I think I said this last week, The games when it's for a district title are one thing but the games are to determine if your season is done or if it continues into the postseason or another and those seem to be i think more intense at times because they don't want to hang up the pads and those seniors don't want to hang up take take the chin strap off and hang up the helmet they want to continue playing the next week Uh, that that those games are fun so that chickasha cash game for a lot of reasons for that one and then you know, Weatherford's going to be rooting for one and Clinton's going to be rooting yeah. for the other. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and it's a lot more fun when um, you're a big Elk fan on the outside looking and going, hey, let's see what happens yeah.
0: here. <laughs> I know people, everyone's asking, okay, who's going to be the first-round opponent in the playoffs for the Elks? That will come down, and right now it would be Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle's 4-2 behind a three-way tie for first in District 2 between Bethany, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Newcastle plays Bethany. So if they knock off the Broncos, that means Bethany would come here Mm. if Tuttle and Blanchard hold serve with one loss. Blanchard would win the district. Tuttle would finish second. So somebody, Weatherford or Clinton, would have to go to Tuttle. The other one would get Newcastle at home as as finishing second, and Newcastle would be third if they beat Bethany, and then Bethany would fall down uh, to fourth and come out and play the Elks. I think that's uh, Tuttle and Blanchard both play teams that they should beat. And so it really kind of comes down. If, if if Bethany wins, Newcastle comes here, then there's a, a jumbled up mess in that district to figure out who's first, second, and third. So it's it's hard to tell who Weatherford or Clinton would play with a Bethany win. It's pretty easy to tell with the Bethany loss, right? <laughs> because Blanchard beat Tuttle. Blanchard would be the, the mm-hmm. district champion. Tuttle would be second. Uh, Newcastle third. And then Bethany would be fourth. So, so.
2: yeah, we, we can – Watch what happens at Cash and Chickasha, the Cash and Chickasha game with entertainment value as Big Elk fans, but I think we might be really paying attention to that Newcastle-Bethany game because Newcastle is no joke. They That district is no joke, but they, they took Tuttle down. Uh, they go into the fourth quarter all tied up. Uh, Tuttle pulls out uh, with what, a 27-20 to 20 win. Um and I've always said I got a buddy over there in Newcastle. He's been talking trash. We've just been texting back and forth. And I said, I tell you what, man, if it's you guys coming here, it it makes me worry. But I could say that about anybody in that district, uh, the top four, anyways. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I've I've told you I want but uh, uh, Newcastle because of the familiarity there. Um, it would just feel like an extended district game, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But um, that would be my preference but again top to bottom 1 through 4 and 482 it is going to be a tough out no matter what
0: Looking Thank down that Thank goodness
2: at, uh, we won the district. <laughs> yeah. And it's at Elk City. Am I right? I mean yeah. that's that's why you, that's why it's so important to win the district or at least get top 2 so you can host a game.
0: I mean think about this if Cash beats Chickasha, we get a state title game rematch more than likely. Yeah. In the first round. Yeah. With Clinton going to Tuttle.
2: You think Tuttle wants a little revenge?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a that's a crazy thought to On have. the other
2: side, I think Clinton, they're still they're still churning about how their season's gone. I mean, look at their last, what, two games? Yeah. They have been, uh, I think they're out to prove something.
0: Maybe they're the team nobody wants to play well, coming that's, in. Well,
2: that's what I, I think I told you, too. Imagine if they get third, and then all of a sudden a team, they got second that's hosting a, 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 a playoff game. They look up and go, oh, are you kidding me? The Red Tornadoes? <laughs> I
0: know, that's <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, no understand, I understand where they'd be. All right, let's look at A1. District A1, uh, Merritt fell to Hooker on Friday night, 43 to nothing. So the Oilers are out of the district race. They had to win that game. They would have had to beat Fairview this week in hopes one thing kind of went their way. Uh, so that's, uh, that's not going to happen. So Merritt is out of the playoff race. It's down to five. And quite frankly, there's one game that really, really matters, and that's Moreland um, at Texoma. If Texoma wins, they're in, Moreland's out, unless something crazy happens to create a, a three-way tie, which you wouldn't think would. Uh, Hucker's, uh, Hookers at Thomas, Hooker's been playing well down the stretch here. Uh, you think they would win? Burns Flat's uh, going to play Sayre. Sayre's still looking for their first win in the district. Feel good about Burns Flat, even though they've had some struggles health-wise. And then, of course, Fairview's already got the district wrapped up after beating Burns Flat. So they, they're, they're the district champ. And then it's kind of uh, jockeying for order or maybe Texoma, if they, if they win, they will slip in there, barring a three-way tie, which those scenarios are probably pretty good, looking pretty good for Texoma as well with district points, them moving up, somebody else moving down uh, with a loss. So we'll, we'll, those are kind of the, the options. We know one, two, three, and four, Burns Flat. If everybody kind of holds serve, Moreland, Burns Flat, and Hooker, it's gonna be a three-way tie. The scores will matter on Friday. Nobody could catch Moreland in that scenario because they're 18 ahead of, of Burns Flat, so nobody could catch them. Moreland wins. They're going to be second and host the playoff game. Burns Flat and Hooker uh, could go back and forth depending on how bad each of them would have won their game on Friday night. And then down in Class B, uh, Hollis in the playoffs with that win over Shattuck on Thursday. We know that. Laverne knocked off Turpin on Friday night, 62-40. to 40. So Laverne's in the Catbird seat right now to be the district champ. They play Balco Forgan this week, who is also in the playoffs with one loss. That game's at Laverne. Laverne wins as the district champ. Then uh, Hollis hosts Turpin. If Hollis were able to knock off Turpin, then you start looking at a, a scenario there with district points and, and how that goes. And there, There's a lot uh, going into that as far as who's second, who's third. if you're for if Hollis trying to get out of that fourth spot to avoid Oklahoma Bible, who's number one in some of these polls, you want, Tur- you want Laverne to beat Balco. You beat Turpin, then you got the head-to-head, you'd be third, and you'd play the winner of Ringwood and Cherokee, who are tied for second right now. They play this week. Uh, for that second spot in that district so that's kind of where all the scenarios lay at least right now with everybody out here in western Oklahoma uh, on the Paragon Network as far as the high school football playoffs hanging out at Sayre golf course today listen the the clubhouse here is awesome the golf course is in great shape I played on Saturday so it's first-hand experience Uh, Matt and the guys over here outside have done a great job everybody inside it was a cool atmosphere on on friday or, excuse me saturday <coughs> the golf tournament had a murder mystery element to it and the halloween party afterwards you can That's see cool. it's still decorated up as the halloween party They got see those those uh, like ivy bags in there jared look look over here see those yeah IV yeah, bags I saw hanging? That one, yeah i don't think you want to inject that right into your veins <laughs> it may not be yeah, it, it, not it be may be not be idea. what you think it is it looks like blood <laughs> it's not what it it's is It's not fluids it's not. it's fluids all right well but it's fluids, but it's not, not, the good not uh, it's not going to help you <laughs> as much as what you think no That's it's cool. uh, listen they got the big back room in the back that'll hold 90 100 or so for you know christmas parties are coming up i mean listen we're at halloween today christmas parties coming up this would be a great spot yeah. uh, to hold your company christmas party full uh, full bar in here and all the tvs so tonight once you Get done, maybe maybe you're an early a dad or a mom or you're early trigger treating. Get that deal done about six thirty or seven, and you think, where should we go to watch the game?
2: Yeah, now it's time for your treat, mom well, we you and w- dad. That's right. Yeah. We got
0: World Series, we got Monday Night Football, and we got plenty of TVs here uh, in the bar to hang out and watch uh, at Sarah Golf Course. Come over and, uh, and it you know, just it's a really fun, really good atmosphere. It was a blast on Friday, on Saturday. Maybe even a little bit too much fun. Uh, For me, before I got out of here.
2: Nothing wrong with too much fun?
0: I don't think it's possible, Cherry. I think
2: there's a song written like that. Too much fun? Yeah, too much fun. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Uh, I think it was, I ain't never had too much fun. There you go. It's not possible to have too much fun. We had a request on the text line uh, from uh, from Tyler, actually, so we probably, uh, about the standings on the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. He wanted to know what the standings were. And he really just wanted to know what the standings were because I had a horrible week. Three and ten for me. Or three and seven, I guess. Yeah. Three out of ten. So I fell from a tie for second to a tie for ninth. I am still, by the way, two game, or one game ahead of him. But um, that name we can't say is leading. <laughs> Coach Christian, <laughs> TJ.
2: Like the one name out a of game all of them we can't say. Yeah, leading. I know.
0: Dakota's <laughs> still hanging in there at fifth. Justin Jefferson and I are tied for ninth, just four games behind the lead. Hottie toddy, there he is, one more game back with 46 wins. Still plenty of time uh, to to make your move in the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. But I'm I'm glad that he noticed that uh, I didn't do well this week. Is that what you call living rent free? Yeah. It's always checking mine to see. Yep. I probably shouldn't have popped off two weeks ago when I was ahead, but anyhow, I did, and then for, since then I've gone seven for 20. <laughs> And uh, let everybody else blow right by. So that's the Western Oklahoma Realty College pick 'em. Still, what five weeks? All of November and then the first of December.
2: We go through the championship. We go
0: through the championship games. Yeah, so, plenty of time.
2: Yeah, five more weekends. Make five more weekends that's worth of picks. That's how it works. Yep.
0: Um, man. Speaking of college football. Oklahoma got a win that uh, some people, it was just one, kind of one of those toss-up games at Iowa State, not only because of the way this season has gone, but also Iowa State has played OU tough throughout this run with Matt Campbell as the head coach. But what in the world happened in Manhattan? Oklahoma State goes up there with everything on the line. You win that game against the Cats, you're talking about being set up for the Big 12 title game. It's going to be hard for them. It's hard to find a path for them not to make it if they were able to get that win up in Manhattan. And everything just fell apart. Um, got behind fourteen nothing early. Had a drive working when Brandon P- Presley fumbled, and then from there it just seemed like it was just an avalanche on top of the Cowboys, and they couldn't get out of the way. Forty-eight to nothing. Kansas State shuts out Oklahoma State. Now two losses in the conference for the for the Cowboys, and, and it goes from feeling like you're kind of in the driver's seat along with TCU to get to Arlington to now it's kind of hard to find a way. With that loss and the way you don't have the tiebreak over either one of those teams, because yeah. those are your two losses, it's hard to find a way for Oklahoma State to end up kind of working their way back to a trip to the Big Twelve title game.
2: Yeah, it's going to be hard to see, but that sometimes that happens when getting a game like that. Yeah, they got down quickly, fourteen nothing, and still I thought they're going to be okay, and and then it just the snowball effect happened, and you go up in a place where it's hard to win for one, and and then everything was working. Kansas State. So why was it working? I think um, you got to stop Deuce Vaughn, man. That dude was elusive as a get. I think I texted you just one word after his long touchdown run. I was just wow. That one right up the middle. I think it made it twenty-one nothing mm, or 20, twenty-eight or 30, 35. thirty-five. I don't know. Yeah. I lost count, twenty-eight. I think. But we knew he's. Everybody knows he's a special player. But the, that's what I think was the most disappointing part for me um, for OSU was the run defense. But and then you had Howard, a backup quarterback, who um, he seemed like. I mean, he was just dialed in too. But if you can't stop the run, and you're you make that a lot easier for your any opposing quarterback. It was just disappointing all the way around. Defensively, I think I know it was a bit goose egg on the offensive side, but defensively, giving up that many points, that that, that was the most disappointing part for me.
0: Yeah, the the not being able to stop Deuce Vaughn. I mean, it, when you looked at the Cowboys, even throughout the season, the front seven has been fantastic, and especially against the run. With the big guys up front, the linebackers have been clearly better coming forward and running downhill to fill gaps and fill holes in the run game than maybe they have been out in space trying to cover different receivers, backs out of the backfield and whatnot. But it was – and there was no fix. It it just felt like any time Kansas State wanted 10 or 12 yards, they could just hand it off to Deuce Vaughn and go right up the middle to get it. And so that was, you know, defensively – was just a complete egg, offensively obviously, no points. Uh, There was, you know, the run game. This has been a constant problem for Oklahoma State, and I think it's been masked a little bit in certain situations by Spencer Sanders' legs. But the fact of the matter is they haven't been able to generate much of a run game through the running back spot with either Dominic Richardson, Nixon, Ollie Gordon, whoever it was. Spencer Sanders has been the most dangerous weapon they've had on the ground all year long with him being nicked up, then all of a sudden you've really got yourself in, 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 a, in a tough spot there. And so Oklahoma State just completely blown away by Kansas State on Saturday. Uh, question, who do you think is going to win the Big 12?
2: Wow, or who's going to be
0: in the Big 12 title game is the question.
2: Well, uh, Purple. Um, it's what it, I think it's Kansas State and TCU, all purple in, in Arlington. Um, who Who's going to win it or who was the yeah, question? Yeah, who's going to get there? I think that's your answer. Um, right now Those two look like the best teams in the conference right now, the two top teams, especially TCU. I think I'm starting to become a little bit of a believer about them. They went to a tough place at Morgantown and won, and they had every opportunity to lose that game, and and good teams know how to win, figure out ways to win. They did it. Um, But, you know, they still have some – and Kansas State have some tough games, mainly Texas. We'll see what happens in those games uh, when Texas um, plays them, but – to answer that question right now, I, th- I think it's those two teams. They look like the, the cream of the crop right now. Here we are in the last day of o- October.
0: Yeah, you got Baylor sitting down there at three and two, Texas at three and two behind four and one Kansas State. Kansas State still has to play both of those teams. Uh, so that could create that, th- you know, a, a, a tiebreak situation head to head. But
2: in Kansas, uh, okay. I mean, have they played? No. No, they, Who's
0: that? Kansas and Kansas State? They haven't played. Not yet.
2: Oh, so there's that. I mean, there's always that rivalry factor.
0: KU at two and three, though. That's the problem. Well, I'm
2: just saying they could they could throw a problem in the – if they go in. I'm not saying they're going to have mm-hmm. a chance to get to Arlington. What I'm saying is they could upset Kansas State and, and make that a little tougher for them.
0: Yeah, the games that matter, Kansas State playing Baylor and Texas. Uh, all the ba- – you know, Baylor, Texas, one of those, they haven't played yet. So somebody's got three losses. So – it's still, I mean, it's hard to imagine. I mean, what we saw from OSU with two, they would need K-State to end up with three losses. Then he starts saying, okay, who beat them? The good news for the Cowboys is they beat both Baylor and Texas already, so that would help in a potential tiebreak situation with the two-loss team. But I, I honestly don't see how there's not a two-loss team there at this point. I don't trust Kansas State to run the table. Then it depends on, okay, who they lose to and how does that affect what the tiebreak situation would be. I, for the first time in a while, I could see 3 lost team actually being there. Uh, if Kansas State kind of hits the skids here toward the end with Texas, with Baylor, and, and like you mentioned, KU, if they would, were to drop a couple of those games, then all of a sudden I, – I it seems hard to – but it's more of a possibility now than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you. I, I think it's going to be all purple uh, down there. Um, but watch out for Baylor. Baylor comes to Norman. If they can win in Norman, then they have everything right in front of them because mm-hmm. they'll have K-State, they'll have Texas on their schedule still plus TCU. Uh, I believe they still have that game as well. So, I mean, it's a tough schedule, but, they, but they're they at least the one that can affect it themselves. Hanging out at the Sarah Golf Course, we've mentioned uh, all the TVs. Uh, it's a sports bar atmosphere in the full service bar and then the back room for all your uh, different parties that you might want to have. Christmas parties coming up, you can rent the back room and also have the bar uh, there to hang out at as well. So all kinds of great stuff going on here. And, oh, by the way, a really nice nine-hole golf course out there if that's what you want to use it for as well. Joining us now is the voice that you'll hear right here on these airwaves at 2 o'clock. It is the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how are you doing, man? I'm
1: good, fellas. That room in the back is for gin isn't it the old men playing gin
0: well now it it, it, it could be um there's actually there's a group out there right now i wonder if they get done uh once they get done with their round if they go back there yeah there was a there's always there's always a spot for gin in any golf course country club isn't there
1: absolutely absolutely how you guys doing? Everybody
0: good? I'm doing good. Jared just had to uh, roll out. He's headed over to Burns Flat. The governor uh, is set to to be over at Burns Flat here in just a little bit. So his news uh, priority took place, and so he he bugged out. So it's just you and I. I'm doing great. Uh, we had a good weekend, I actually played golf over here at Sayre and a tournament on Saturday that had a murder mystery story kind of wet, woven through the golf course. You'd find different clues as we went along. Uh, so and then had a party, the Halloween party afterwards. So it was, a, it was a really cool day over here on Saturday.
1: That's cool, very good. I'm, I'm at Rob's Reefs on Thursday, but they haven't told me yet whether I'm in there or down at uh, what is it down south here, Purcell. So I don't know what's happening. So I may be coming this on Thursday. I don't know. I guess hopefully I'll find out today. Maybe they'll tell me before the day of. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a little bit different direction. You got to drive uh, depending on which yeah. one of those it would be. All right, Jim, man, I think we got to start in Manhattan, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma State, with a chance to really put their foot forward in the Big 12 title game race. And they just went up and absolutely laid an egg, 48 nothing. They get blown off the field by the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, just give us your overall thoughts on, on what you saw on Saturday from the Cowboys.
1: Just b- basically a thorough embarrassment. I mean, both sides of the ball stunk. Can't repeat be in every aspect of the game. Um, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that you can sit there on a Saturday morning and think, "Okay, OSU goes up there and wins, and they're going to be in great shape." And for them to get beat that badly as a very small underdog is just is it's incredible. Um, you know, the fat Jack who comes on with me every Friday has uh, been saying for, for a couple weeks that Oklahoma State with massively will be overrated, and of course the OSU fans were just killing him. How can you say that? Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, I, I got to tell you that Fat Jack knew something. So um, they, uh, That's a terrible loss, man. And I got, I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with uh, Spencer Sanders. Uh, I think that they're in massive, massive trouble if he's hurt. I mean, nothing against Gunnar Gundy, but he's not ready to play at this level. Uh, they better figure out who's going to be their quarterback when Spencer Sanders leaves because I don't think it's him. And we all know what happens when nepotism rolls in. You better be great. You better be a great player if you're going to play your son. And obviously, he's not that. We haven't seen enough of him yet, but I can tell. I mean, he's a good football player. He should be playing somewhere else. But if he wants to stay with his dad, that's fine. I understand. Um, but if Sanders isn't healthy, I don't. I mean, they're going to have massive trouble the rest of the way because, frankly, their defense is uh, has got big problems. I mean, their defensive the backfield, uh, they, they've, got, they've, ran, they've got run on, they've got everything that could happen bad happened in that game. So, I don't know. We'll, uh, they better get uh, they better get back to the basics of trying to stop people. Because if they don't, and they don't have Spencer Sanders, they could, they could be in big trouble the rest of the way. It's a, wor- it's a bad time to be in a situation like they are because this league, as we've talked about now for weeks, every single week you've got to be ready to play. And uh, if if they don't have Sanders with that defense, they're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, the front seven, it's, we've known that the back end has had some issues throughout the year at times and, and being able to stop the pass, but I was shocked at the way Kansas State was able to kind of just do whichever one they wanted to. If they wanted eight or ten yards, they could hand it to Deuce Vaughn right up the middle at any point, it felt like, in that game. That, to me, was the most shocking part of it, was the fact that the run or the run defense for Oklahoma State was so porous against the Kansas State offense.
1: You're right. I mean, they, there was not one part of the team that was any good. None. Um, I mean, maybe the kicker, if he had a chance, maybe would have made a field goal, but the defense was so bad everywhere, and you're right. There, they are supposed to be good up front. Now they've lost a couple of players off the front, but you know all we heard about was the great depth that they had. So uh, just just a thorough embarrassment. I mean, there's no other way you can you can say it. You're a top ten team, and you get paid forty eight nothing. I don't know where do they fall in the poll. i don't even look at the poll.
0: Eighteen is what I saw.
1: Yeah. Well. I'm surprised they didn't drop further than that. You got two losses and you lose 48 to nothing. I'm surprised if they stayed up at 18. Now they got to figure out what they're going to do. At first, they got to figure out if Sanders is going to play. If he isn't going to play, then they got to figure out what they're going to do with the offense because obviously Gunnar Gundy's not going to be able to do the things that Spencer Sanders. So um, they're in trouble. I mean, they're in trouble. Forget about trying to win the Big 12. They're in trouble right
0: now. Yeah. They
1: better figure some
0: things out. We're visiting with Jim Traber. What do you make of the, there at the end because of because of how important that everybody knows Spencer Sanders is to the success moving forward? i got to believe that, that Mike Gundy's at least got to be questioning himself for having him out there in, in a, in, when he did with the way that that game was going.
1: Well, I don't know if Mike Gundy ever questions himself. Um, if he does, it's very private. But actually, I talk about this all the time. All the time. Teams leave their players in way too long. And when there's no injury, nobody cares, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so if, if nobody gets hurt, then it doesn't matter. But the one time that does, somebody does get hurt, when your team has no chance to win at all, it just becomes a massive mistake. So now, I mean, I don't know. He could have already been sore. I don't know. But for him to be in that game when he was and get hurt at that time, a massive mistake. And we'll see what it does to their season because like every game on their schedule they could lose man they could especially if Spencer Sanders isn't there so they better they better get him healthy i don't know what's wrong obviously when it's your throwing shoulder it's a tough deal really tough deal
0: Yeah, and it makes it even worse that Oklahoma state outside of honestly Sanders legs They've really had trouble establishing a run game with the guys that that you want to just turn around and hand it to, whether it be Richardson, Nixon. Uh, they even tried Jackson and, and, and Ollie Gordon, and nothing has seemed to really be able to be consistently uh, good with the running back spot so far this season for the Pokes.
1: Well, they're, they're, I mean, they're all beat up too. I mean, mm-hmm. Jackson having to run that much, you don't want that. I mean, he's he's probably the fourth core. He's probably the fourth running back. Um. And obviously Richardson's a good player, but it, you know what? They could have had they could have Barry Sanders at running yeah. back. They weren't winning that game. Their defense their defense was horrific. And Kansas State's got a, a good defense. So now now we're starting to talk about OSU as, you know down there with OU and the bad defense in the league. I mean that's the truth. And they got a lot to prove. They got a lot to prove to come back and do some things. Because that was just a thorough embarrassment. That's all you can say about that game. Thorough
0: embarrassment. Let's switch our, uh, our sights up to Ames, Iowa. It was a game that uh, Oklahoma had to win when you started kind of looking for wins through the rest of the season to try to get, for sure, bowl eligible. Uh, and Oklahoma went up and got it done. Special teams were fantastic. Defense was really good. Offense did enough. Uh, and Oklahoma wins 27-13. What are your thoughts on the Sooners against the Cyclones?
1: Yeah, good win. Iowa State's got a good defense. Uh, they've scored what they had to do. And Iowa State's offense is terrible. So you wonder, you know, if you're going to be the pessimist, it's like, yeah, look at the bad offense. The optimist, the defense played better. I think the defense did play better, but I Iowa State's offense, that quarterback's not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now if you give him total time, and I think that's the thing I loved about that game. I, I think that Brent Venables and Ted Roof and the defensive staff said, here's the deal. If we give this kid time, he can throw. Because he did against Texas. He, he threw the ball well against Texas. But if we don't, we get in his face, he's not going to throw it well. And that's what they did. They blitzed, and they ran a bunch of stunts, and they did a bunch of things to confuse everybody. And then when he had people in his face, he uh, he, he turned. So I thought it was a really good game plan as far as getting in his face. And uh, when you do get in his face, their defense is – I mean, their offense is very average. And you come away with a good, solid win. Really, really solid win. Now – We'll see what they can do against Baylor. Baylor's a weird team, you know. My gosh, they just blew Texas Tech off the face of the earth. And so uh, maybe maybe Baylor's not as good as they've been, or maybe as people thought they would be, but they're still pretty daggone good. So this will be, be a huge game for OU.
0: Yeah, I, I thought there was a couple of guys that have been uh, really kind of picked on, and for good reason. They haven't played very well or what we thought they would be that, that showed up uh, more often on Saturday defensively. One was uh, Woody Washington, uh, you know, that uh, clearly wasn't a pick, but he leaves, leaves right there, and it should have been overturned. But then uh, Stutzman, uh, Stutzman made a play on that, on that interception that I, I can't remember the last time I saw an OU linebacker actually get some depth, have their head on a swivel, and then turn around and make an interception, looking like the exactly kind of textbook of how you want to see it. Uh, so I think that's a good sign moving forward uh, that maybe well, he's early. kind of getting it.
1: Earlier in the game, he just stood there and right. the guy ran by him for a touchdown. <laughs> yep. On the exact same route. Yep. And I guarantee when he got to the sidelines, he got obliterated for it. So, yeah, so he dropped back and looked around him and saw that the guy was going behind him and then he went with him and intercepted the ball. I mean, that's, that does not happen normally uh, on OU's defense. So that was nice. To see. Yeah, and Woody Washington, here for three years, that's what he is. And he finally played. had a good game. That's nice to see. Yep. So maybe, look, maybe maybe it was a one-time thing. Maybe they're going to continue to get better. Uh, I don't no. know. But I do know that that's the worst offense in the league. Right? Iowa State's the worst offense in the league. So you better look good against Iowa State's offense. And they did. So that, that's, a, that's a step in the right direction. They've made, uh, they've made a couple of steps. They're going in the right direction. If they can get to a bowl game, that'd be really good.
0: Hanging out at the uh, Sarah Golf Course, talking to the ultimate Jim Traber here on a Monday on the Skinny on Sports. Uh, yesterday, uh, what kind of caught your eye around the NFL uh, with uh, w- with some of those games that, that were happening, not only early but then in the afternoon?
1: Oh, my Steelers are pathetic, I know that. Uh, Jalen Hurts is just, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm wrong on some things. I'm right on some things. I've never been so wrong on him. Uh, I didn't think he was the starting quarterback in the league. And not only is he starting quarterback in the league, he's a, he's an all star. I mean, he is so good. Those throws, throws that he made to AJ Brown, uh, you know, defensive back is running with it. I mean, he's right there with him. There's only one place that you could put the ball, and he does it. So the Eagles are for real. They're good. The Eagles are really good. Um, your Cowboys beat up on a bad team, but the Cowboys are good. A little bit concerned about how the Bears were able to run on them and stuff, but that's okay. I mean, it's it, won the game big. That's the important thing. Seattle is amazing. Um, I, they just keep on winning. The 49ers, I think, are probably the best team in the NFC. Although, you know, the Cowboys will have something to say about it. And the Eagles as well. But I think the 49ers get McCaffrey. just make them even better. So, um, yeah, it was, a lot, it was a lot of good football yesterday. The, um, I think, uh, was I, oh, no, I can't remember. I know the Colts are horrific. And, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of teams that, that are good. The AFC is, is going to be tough. Big game for Cincinnati tonight, too. Cincinnati is going to show that they're coming back. They won four in a row. They got to beat the Browns tonight. Of course, every game in this, in this uh, division is usually pretty close. And, um, I don't know, man. The, the, the AFC is just great. And Buffalo, Buffalo is just amazing. I mean, they're just – they are so good. I don't know if anybody can beat Buffalo. I really don't. They they embarrassed the Packers last night, even though their score didn't look as bad. Uh, they they dominated that game too. So, Buffalo, Kansas City, those are the two teams in the AFC. And then the three of them – the two of them, the Eagles and and the uh, 49ers with the Cowboys kind of right behind. So, I think we're, we're starting to see what's going to happen, I think, as far as the playoffs are concerned.
0: Yeah, The trade deadline coming up, what, tomorrow – it feels like they're, the NFC, I don't know if, if people don't trust Philly, if, it's, if they still don't trust Jay Leonard, so at least the other teams around him. It feels like the moves that might be made to try to to take one team from a one level to another and maybe even a Super Bowl will all be made in the NFC, to me at least. Uh, whereas on the other side, it's, Col- or it's uh, Chiefs, Bills, and then maybe the others just kind of throw in the towel a little bit uh, behind those. Do you think that's right? Do you think we might see moves made NFC-wise more than the AFC?
1: Well, I mean, if there's a team like the Char- Chargers have had a lot of injuries, if there's a team like the Chargers or maybe the Bengals have had to up to those two teams, you might see a move made. But, yeah, yeah I think I just, the other team is more wide open. I'll be really, really surprised, barring big injuries, if Kansas City and Buffalo, if the winner of that game is not in the, in the Super Bowl, I just I can't see anybody else beat them. And I can't especially see anybody beating them back to back. So I would think that both of these teams are gonna be in the uh, uh or one of them's gonna be in the world in the uh, Super Bowl. Then um in the NFC which it's open, so yeah, I, I could see somebody going to make a couple moves here and there. But I just don't know if any are good enough to get to the top. You know, like who so, like what team in the, the NFC world, do you think could get to the, could, could get up to the top? I mean the Buccaneers are in massive trouble. Um I don't really yeah, see anybody, anybody else really. Yeah, know, the Giants The Giants lost. That was a tough loss for them. So I don't really see anybody else.
0: Yeah, it does feel like it's almost five, maybe six teams uh, with, with those three you mentioned the, in the NFC. Maybe Minnesota. Hey, they're just kind of hanging out there with one loss and nobody really talking about them. I don't think anybody trusts their quarterback at the end of the day for when those games get bigger down the stretch or even into the playoffs. Who trusts Kirk Cousins that he's going to be the, the guy to, to be able to get it done?
1: Yeah, I mean you're right, but I mean who who I mean do, Dak had do you trust thing. Dak Prescott
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the interesting thing, right? Is Garoppolo? That Garoppolo, 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 Hurts, Dak, and Kirk Cousins are the guys that somebody, I guess that's who you're going to have to. It is who you're going to have to trust at least right now. And then the you know the Giants are right back there with Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, it, it's a weird. It, it's been Brady Rodgers, somebody else for so long. And now Russell Wilson, I guess, in the NFC for so long now, it's, you're looking around going, huh, none of these guys have ever done a thing. Outside of, I guess, Garoppolo no, right. getting him to the getting him to the World uh, the, uh, the Super Bowl yeah. a couple years ago.
1: Garoppolo Garoppolo doesn't get enough credit. Uh, every once in a while he throws a really stupid pass, but the guy, he's a good player. He, he, he leads that team. He made some good plays last night. Uh, but, yeah, the, the superstar quarterbacks are in the AFC. I mean, that's all there is to it. Uh, you got the big, the two big boys, and then there's others, you know, like Herbert, Burrow, and guys like that. But, yeah, I think that uh, I'll be really surprised if the champions not come out of the AFC this year. I think the Super Bowl champion will come. Whoever wins between Buffalo and Kansas City, in my opinion, is going to win the Super Bowl. But you know how that goes. You never know. It's the Forty ers or, or the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are loaded up. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we give them enough credit. And I lost them yesterday. They're pretty good on both sides of the ball. So, Eagles might have a chance, 49ers, maybe your Cowboys. I I don't know. I'm not convinced of it. But they are better. Cowboys are definitely better. So uh, they've they've got a chance.
0: What are your your thoughts early season uh, about Oklahoma City? Uh, The Thunder. uh, I had a stat here. Let me pull it up. So uh, Saturday night down in Dallas, they come back from uh, 16 down with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Before that night, in the last 25 years, teams were 9,975 and one when leading by 16 plus in the final four minutes of the fourth quarter. That's now 99,75 and two. Uh, Isaiah Joe was incredible. But just the, your overall thoughts on on the early season start for Oklahoma City?
1: Isaiah Joe, are you kidding me? <laughs> I couldn't believe when I was watching that. I could not believe this dude knocking down shots. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling. That that's a that's a game that. Depending on how you feel, if you're a huge Thunder fan and you want them to win, you're fired up. But if you're someone that wants them to have a chance to get a high draft pick, then you, you can't believe that that happened. I mean, that was just crazy. I mean, they just fight. They never quit, man. They, they never quit. It doesn't matter how many points they're down or what time of the game it is. And that's an incredible stat. Um, but, yeah, 18-2 to runs to, to stop the game. And I'll tell you, when it went to overtime, I knew the Thunder were going to win it over. I just knew it. I mean, they had all the momentum. Dallas looked just shell shocked, like they were like, "What happened here?" I mean, how, how did this happen? We had this game one, and they acted like they had the game won. And here it comes. You know, it's like the. It reminded me a little bit of the tur- turtle and the you know the tortoise and the hare. Okay. You know, that the, the, the hare is just jumping around and celebrating, and here comes the tortoise. <laughs> and that's what the that's what the Thunder did. So it was very very impressive. Uh, I. I don't know how to think about it because I would love to be able to get one of those top two picks, but you can't stop these kids from trying. And it's Isaiah Joe. I mean, what what else can they do? They, they go in the stands and bring somebody else in. They're playing Isaiah Joe down the dangling stretch, and of course he hits two massive threes and the one to tie the game at the end. And then I mean, Doncic had a great shot, a great look at, at, at winning it, and of course he couldn't get it done. So. Crazy win, man! What are they now? Three and three? What are they? Yeah, here? three
0: and three. Uh, lost the first three, won the won the next three. Jeez, do we? That's crazy, man! Uh, I know this is. We I heard you guys. We were, I texted you last week about SGA and kind of where he is. I, I think it's fascinating to find out the answer to that question because I, I'm with you at least right now. He, he's not the biggest guy in the world, so a lot of times you need to be at a bigger physical stature, think LeBron, think Giannis and that kinda of, kind of guy to be like the number one guy on a championship type team. At the same time though, I don't know that we can limit what his ceiling is because he's all we've done is seen him get better and better and better at his, with his time here in Oklahoma City.
1: He's, listen, he's a great player. I don't want to take yeah. when I talk about him not being a number one, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. It's just that if you look at the history of the league, I mean, there aren't many number ones that are, that are you know, right now he's not tiny. I mean, he's not like Iverson. But, um, look, maybe he'll end up being a number one in the league. I don't know. To me, if you want to win a championship or have a chance to win a championship, I think he'd be more of a number two. And they need a big man inside. I mean, if, you know, and, and maybe, it's, maybe it's Holmgren. I don't know. But if you put a big man inside and, and a guy that can go in and out, and put him with Gildas Alexander, then I, I think that uh, you're in pretty good shape because he's a really, really good player. So we'll see. They don't have Giddy, They don't have run. I mean, we don't really know what they're all about. But I know that they don't quit. I know they got a really good coach, and they don't quit. That's what I know about the punk.
0: Have you watched any of, the, world, did you watch any of the, uh, the games of the World Series? Very little. Um, very little.
1: I think it's a good matchup. It was great to see J.T. Rio Malto, the real Mito, the other day hit a home run. win the the game that's pretty cool good good uh midwest city kid but uh, yeah i'm not really watching a lot of it that's sad too because i used to set my watch uh about watching the world series but uh it just doesn't do a lot for me i'll i'll watch a little here and there but i'm more i'm more i'm more uh tuned in to football and basketball just the way it is nowadays
0: can you explain for for our listeners the, the bat thing with Maldonado. Uh, he was he was gifted a bat from Malbert Pujols that was grandfathered in and what have you. Uh, it's judged to be illegal, so you had to change bats between Game 1 and Game 2. Can you explain to the people why that is that case?
1: Yeah, I really don't know, to tell you the truth. I, okay. I mean, I, I tell you the truth, I have not a key Pujols gave the dude a, a bat and it was
0: illegal. Did they say why it was illegal? I, I never I just saw illegal, and but his... Pujols' bats had been grandfathered into some rule.
1: Well, that's a great... I don't know what that is. That's just great. Grandfathered in, huh? I don't know what that would be. I mean, maybe maybe it's something to do with the weight versus the length. I know that they they don't like the bats to get uh, too uh, too uh, oh, yeah. weight. They don't want it to be too light. Yeah. Because of... The, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I can't help... Uh, I think that's interesting that... Uh, that the dude would try to do it if it was grandfathered in but i really don't know i'll have to check on that i really don't know
0: yeah that's what i've just got it's the specs so yeah i think that's exactly length and being lighter than it what it, what it was supposed to be
1: that's got to be what it is yeah because they don't want them to get too light they can it's amazing what they can do with the with these bats of how strong they can make the wood even when it's lighter you know i mean you know to use a little bit lighter bat than the normal guy and um, you know because you want to whip it through the zone and if you get these bats that are like these big strong dudes man with the light i mean the, the, the bat speed gets out of control so that's probably what it was and it's got too light for um for the length of the bat If you my guess
0: uh tell us uh, this week's second installment of the podcast uh, with jeremy and Des
1: Absolutely, man. The first week was powerful. The second one's even more powerful. So, yeah, people, the Julian Jim Traver podcast, Jeremy Gray and his wife, Desiree, just incredible. I know a lot of people out there in the City area know the story, but I think this goes into it even maybe more, more than most people know. Really impressive. Julian Jim Traver podcast, you can get bookcamper.com or wherever you get the podcast
0: all right man hey thanks so much for joining us Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be listening later on this afternoon
1: all right big boy thanks man see ya
0: you bet see that's the ultimate Jim Traber joining us here on a Monday Uh, we're wrapping it up uh, at Sayre National Sayre Golf Course listen this place is the perfect spot if you're looking uh, after trigger treating tonight on a Halloween you're trying to find somewhere uh, to sit down maybe have a cold beverage watch some football watch some World Series this is the spot. It's it's a golf course outside. It's like a sports bar right inside here. Multiple TVs. There's three huge TVs. Uh, that you can have different games, and as Jimmy told me, if you don't like the game that's on, we can find a different game for you there uh, as well. So come by here after you're Trigger Treating or, or whenever there's a big game on. Uh, this is the perfect spot uh, for you to be able to do that. And then also Christmas coming, there will be Christmas parties galore. There's the back banquet room uh, that will be able to hold a, a pretty sizable crowd, somewhere between 90 and 90. Uh, maybe a hundred people uh, there. There's also outside covered patio all the way along this thing When uh, in the buildings to the north. So even there's some heaters out there. Uh, I've been outside uh, here a, a bunch of times where it's fairly chilly on one side of the building, but uh, underneath the covered patio, you get the heater cranking, and it's a perfect spot to just hang out uh, and, and watch uh, different sporting events, different games, or, or what have you. Also, quick note, uh, I just got from our man Coach Hunt. Because of the risk of the severe weather, because of the risk of the severe weather coming up on Friday, right? Elk City, John Marshall has been moved to Thursday. So no Friday night game for the Elks this week. That's going to be a Thursday night kickoff for the Elks and John Marshall, 7 o'clock kick as it normally would have been, but it's going to be moved up to Thursday, not Friday, because of the risk of the impending severe weather. It's a district game uh, that needs to get finished, so instead of you know maybe hanging out till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning like uh, with, with the uh, concerns with the weather, if there's lightning and all that stuff in the area, that game is going to be moved to Thursday. So Elk City, John Marshall, 7 o'clock Thursday night kick. Senior night stuff will start at 6.15 there at Big Elk Stadium. Week 10 final regular season game of the year. So Thursday night, we'll be hitting that, obviously, the rest of the week uh, to let everybody know. But Thursday night this week, Elk City and John Marshall, as opposed to the original Friday night schedule. All right, that'll do it for us uh, from Sayer. Thank you so much uh, to, to everybody over here at Sayre uh, for allowing us to be here. We'll be here every Monday uh, in the month of November, hanging out at Sayre National Golf Club. This has been Skinny on Sports, and you've been listening to us right here on 98.1 FM the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.
2: That ball is blistered to right! Way